Welcome back to the fourth episode of Virtually Analog, a podcast about video games, board games, and the ever-blurring line between. I'm Lex, and I love board games. I'm Matthew, and I love video games. Every week, we discuss a video game, a board game, and game-related news. So first, we're going to kind of talk about what we've been playing this week. Um, I have been playing more Gloomhaven and Baldur's Gate 3, which I've talked about on previous episodes, so you can check out those games um, on there. I also got a new, uh, solo board game called coffee roaster, which is about, it's a kind of a bag building game where you have these little beans and every turn they the, you have to choose whether or not to take beans out or, um, use special bean powers to, to, uh, <laughs> to perfect. You're basically trying to make the perfect, uh, brew of coffee in this game uh and it's it's a lot of fun it's a really highly praised solo game and we'll have to talk about later why i love solo board games um not a whole lot of people understand (laughs) that but uh coffee roaster is definitely one of the better ones out there there's a ton of really great solo board games out there but i highly recommend coffee roaster especially to anyone who likes coffee and and um yeah and and that kind of culture so yeah especially you coffee people who work at a shop now you can play at home what you do at work (laughs) exactly (laughs) um and i i don't like coffee at all but i love this game so that should tell you something about how how good the uh the game is itself is um i also been playing the crew on board game arena i mentioned last week that you can play that on there i played it with a couple friends i played it with my sisters it's just a really really solid implementation of a this game which is a cooperative trick-taking game uh trick-taking card game it's it's a lot of fun uh and i also played uh speaking of playing games with my family i decided that i wanted to try to play games with my grandparents (laughs) And so my grandparents live in Houston. I live in Indianapolis. So I have obviously with the pandemic, I haven't been able to see them. So luckily, my grandfather's pretty tech savvy. So I walked him through how to set up an account with this online platform that you can play Rummy Cube on. And and my grandma and my grandpa both love that game. And so we played and they beat me, of course. But uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was it was really great to be able my 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 grandma. I think I mentioned on the show before my grandma is a big reason why I'm I love games as much as I do. And so to be able to sit down with them and, and play a game was was really special. Um, so, yeah, the last game that I have been playing I picked it back up <laughs> was Hearthstone um, <laughs> if you aren't familiar Hearthstone is a digital card game made by Blizzard set in the Warcraft universe <laughs> I played it religiously for about five years and then um, I just kind of fell off the wagon because the game was getting very expensive The what basically led me to stop playing was they they refused to acknowledge the fact that the game needed more modes and they said we're not working on any more modes and that kind of turned me off and i was like well if the devs aren't aren't willing to listen to the you know their player base and and what we want then i'm not playing this game anymore Mm. that being said recently hearthstone just dropped a new mode (laughs) um there is a new multiplayer mode and so i got back in to try it out so there's actually two new modes there's battlegrounds and there is um duelists and both of them are pretty fun um 
So that was surprising that the Hearthstone dev team decided to do that. <laughs> Just the, the venom in your voice talking about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have, uh, you know, I know there's a lot of good people working on the Hearthstone team, the dev, the, the Team 5 team, but the fact that Blizzard is owned by Activision and they're this big corporation and they're so worried about the bottom line and not, you know, and just like what they can do to make this as like, you know, successful as they can. Right. It's, it's hard to support a game when that's the case, but what still stops me from recommending Hearthstone to other players is that the devs basically reworked the reward system for playing the game. Um, and they promised that you would make just as much, if not more, gold, like in-game currency. And the new system has been out for few, for a week or two now. And people have been doing the math, and you're actually making less gold <laughs> overall. So wow. basically, the devs pretty much just straight up lie to everybody. And so a lot of people in the Hearthstone community are really upset about it. And it makes me, once I... I'm done playing the new duelist mode. I'm just, I'm done with harsh. I'm going to drop it again. That's just not worth getting back into. Yeah. Can't stay mad at blizzard. No, actually you definitely can't stay mad at. Blizzard. Yeah. That's it's like, thing. it's like they take one step forward and two steps back sometimes, but, but yeah, that's, that's about all I've been playing this week. What about you, Matthew? Yeah. I've not been playing much this week. Not much time to play games. I've been playing a little bit of Terraria with some cousins, which has been a lot of fun. Just the, creating our own world and I've never played before and they're all experts. So, you know, they go and get me the best weapons so I can fly around and do whatever I want. Um, aside from that, I've been playing Brawl Stars on mobile. It's a game I've been playing for a while since pretty close to when they launched, uh, by Supercell. Um, I think that they are actually a really great mobile game company. They do have a lot of, I guess you could say pay to win, you know, you can pay for more gems or whatever to, upgrade your characters in any of their games or you know speed up building but uh, i think that i still really like their design it is all of their games you have to grind a bit but um that's that kind of delayed reward that i'm into you know putting in work to get into your reward later um and brawl stars is basically dumbed down to like a child's level it's like overwatch a top-down overwatch your little characters running around fighting each other Hmm. which i love so i've been playing that uh off and on the past few weeks yeah cool all right well so that's what we've been playing this week let's get on to the games matthew what game do you have for us this week so I want to talk about Crawl. Powerhoof right. released the game in 2017. Uh, it's designed to look and feel kind of like a classic arcade game, uh, like a dungeon crawler, where up to four players go from dungeon room to room after killing each other in the beginning. Um, the player who survives in the scuffle in the beginning progresses as the human which moves all the players to wherever he goes. And the three other players you resurrect as kind of like ghosts, you know, wraiths, and you can uh, possess traps throughout the dungeon or become monsters, and you Mm. try to kill the player. And whoever finishes off the player becomes the human, and that human becomes a ghost as well. Um, And you keep descending and trying to level up. And if the human kills the boss and the boss is controlled by the other three players to try and kill him, if the human kills the boss, they escape the dungeon, you know, with their life and they win. And if the wraiths kill the human as the boss, 
after the third try, uh, they succeed and nobody wins and everyone <laughs> is, you know, stuck in the dungeon forever. Yeah. Uh, it's a super, super fun party, like co-op game, especially if you're a little more adept at uh, video games, you know, you might end up playing a little better. Um, but that's not to say that unexperienced gamers can't have fun with it too. I've played with family members and friends who don't play video games a lot, and we've still had a bunch of fun. Um, I think a few things that I love the most about it are, well, obviously the style and the the voice acting in the game is so fun and the music, but uh, the player versus player and team-based within the same game, sure, all of that is really fun. It's uh, kind of like, it's like King of the Hill, but the people at the bottom of the hill are working together to knock yeah. the person at the top, which is, yeah. And that's the part that I love yeah. is that at the same time, the people who are working together, you know, you're like on a team essentially, but you you're against each other too, because you want to be the one to kill the player. So you'll do any dirty tricks that you can, you know, somebody could put in all the work dealing damage to the human. And then all you have to do is shoot an arrow at him from far away to take the kill and win. Um, so yeah, it's, yeah, super fun. I think that indie games like this, you know, and indie gaming in general has become like a haven for those of us who love local player games, co-op. Um, and it's, it's sad that that's become less common, you know, with AAA titles and all these big fun, whatever, first person shooters, uh, they often don't include local co-op and it's only online support, which you also have to pay for. Uh, just because that's what makes more money off of selling more games and consoles. You have to buy a console and the game to play with your friends. Um, so that's kind of a bummer, but I love this game and all these other indie games that I've been talking about just because of that. Local play is something that a lot of us who grew up with it miss. The only only downside I saw to this game for a while is, funnily enough, uh, the online support or the lack of online support. The developers... I think a couple of years back did implement a way to play online with your friends through a third party platform called Parsec that you'd have to go and download and then you can play with your friends remotely and you can all play on controllers with each other. But, you know, yeah, I, uh, I use Parsec to play um, Cuphead with a friend of mine. And yeah, that's great. I love that that has become you know, successful. It's a great thing. Parsec is a pretty cool platform, but if your internet isn't good or one person doesn't have good internet, the response times can lag. And so, and like any online multiplayer game, right? So that's probably the challenges they ran into with doing online multiplayer is because that's really hard and really resource intensive to make that work well. By using a third party platform like Parsec, they're kind of Give still giving players a way to play it online while acknowledging the fact that we're a small indie team, we don't have the resources to make online yeah. play of this game. And possible. I can't fault yeah. them for it at all. Yeah. The, the yeah. power of the company, you know, they're just developers who love to make games, and they don't they don't want to spend time pouring in all these resources into fixing bugs online and all this stuff. So I can't blame them for that. You know, they just want to make co op games. Um, but yeah, that's the only downside is that there's no online support, but you know, there's an option and it's hardly a downside in the first place. So yeah, that's crawl. It's, it's a really fun game. I'd recommend it to anybody who, if you have some gamer pals to, you want to, you know, play a little bit of competitive beat em up. Yeah. I played crawl once and 
unfortunately I was only able to play with my brother at the time and my brother and I can get super competitive at games. And so when it's just two people, I think that a player count becomes a factor too, right? This game is obviously, it seems like it's going to be more fun at a higher player count with everybody kind of running around trying yeah. to work like a one V one thing probably isn't the most balanced. So yeah, I it's really, just not quite as fun, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I really want to try this game with more people, but like you said, without that online support, it's, it's hard to do. So cool. Well, moving on to my game, I wanted to talk about one deck dungeon. One deck dungeon is a board game as well as a video game. The board game was designed by Chris Cheslack and published by Asmati Games. The digital version was developed by Handelabra Games. Both Asmati and Handelabra have good track record with producing games, so I was really excited to, to pick this one up. Uh, the game is a roguelike dice-slash-card-based dungeon crawler. All of the enemies and all of your, your stats and everything is portrayed on cards that you use to make up the the floors and your characters and whatnot um and then all of the attacks and actions that you do are through dice um through rolling a set amount of dice so in this game you pick one or two characters to play as they're kind of typical you know archer mage you know typical fantasy characters and you try to survive through three floors of a dungeon represented by a deck of cards so on these encounters cards there are these boxes that have numbers on them and um you are using your dice to cover up those numbers with numbers that are equal to or greater than the numbers on the cards how many dice are determined by what your skill level is at so if you say you know the paladin has a four a strength of four then you roll four yellow dice and you get to cover yellow boxes with those four yellow dice um and so there are items and additional skills and um different ways to gain more dice and um also tweak results of dice you take damage based on how many boxes are left uncovered at the end of the encounter and then any rewards that are shown on the outside of the cards you get to take um the game has lots of different characters and bosses to choose from that combined with the randomness of the dungeon deck makes the game almost infinitely replayable. The other thing I love about the game is the artwork is great, especially um, the fact that it has this rep representation of really badass female heroes. All of the characters that you can play in this game are female. They are realistic portrayal of women. Um, you know, a lot of times in fantasy games, you have these women wearing scantily clad armor and like not realistic body proportion sizes, right? That's yeah, awful. It's man. terrible. It's terrible. I just want to play as like a cool, badass woman who can yeah. kick ass and yeah, not this, exactly. you know, who's not wearing any clothes. And right. it's just a. No, this game object. is totally. that. This game totally flips the script on that. And all these characters are um, well represented women, uh, a lot of women of color. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's really cool that they made that conscious effort to, to make this game where my, my daughter can say, Hey, there's a, you know, I, you know, I can be a badass, <laughs> uh, you know, goblin fighter too. So yeah, I really like that. Um, the different skills and abilities make each encounter feel like a very thinky puzzle. And it's a, it is extremely satisfying when you don't think there's any way for you to cover all these boxes 
and you realize that you're able to uh, use your skills and your abilities to get out of a sticky situation. That being said, it's very luck based. Even with good skills and items, one bad roll can completely ruin your run, which I mean, that's true for a lot of roguelikes, right? Like the the good thing about the game is that it's shorter. So if you die early on, you can just start again. The physical game, I have the base game and the Force of Shadows expansion that you can get. Uh, Either one of those games can be played separately or combined. And the digital game has both of those, plus additional bonus heroes. They also released a digital-only expansion called The Abyssal Depths, which adds a lot of content to the game, a lot of um, new mechanics. And that kind of goes back to what we were talking about with Gloomhaven last week, Matthew, where you asked, like, were they able to add more content to the digital game because you think it'd be easier? And while that wasn't true for Gloomhaven, it's definitely true for this game. They're, mm-hmm. they're, they're able to add a lot more content to the digital version. And so while I love the physical version and actually getting able to physically roll this dice, I'd say the digital version is actually my preferred way to play it. Um, not only is actually clicking and rolling the dice really satisfying, <laughs> and being able to pick them up and move them around. Um, but it's also just the ease of, of being able to play it wherever it's, they make it for steam for, uh, iOS and Android, and you can connect your account so you can just pick it up literally anywhere and and play it. And it's cool. Yeah. It's really, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I love the idea of like these, you know, physical digital or digital board gamers, just, you know, going from side to side just because the options are there. It's really cool how everyone can do whatever. So that's that's One Deck Dungeon. I really highly recommend it. The board game itself comes in a tiny little box and it is cheap. It's only like 20 bucks. The Steam version is even cheaper. It's it, it, There's a lot of replayability, like I said, in the box. And you can play it solo. You can play it two-player. If you have both versions of the game, you can play it four-player. I really like One Deck Dungeon and I really think pe- more people should play it. All right, so those are the games we wanted to talk about this week. Moving on to board game news. Uh, the big thing in the board game sphere right now is that um, we just hit the 25th anniversary of Catan, which is crazy. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I cannot believe that Catan was released 25 years ago. Um, th- so in celebration of that, they are making a big box version, a 25 anniversary 25th anniversary edition of Catan that you can buy that has the base game a bunch of expansions a bunch of special uh play, like um a bunch of special dividers and and organizers and all this stuff uh I don't actually own Catan yet I've been waiting just to buy a used copy or you know a lot of people have it so I don't feel like I need right. it uh, but this 25th anniversary edition, I might pick up because that's something really special. Catan is, is kind of known as the gateway game. It's kind mm-hmm. of what people fall in love with first when it comes to board games. So, uh, congrats to everybody who works on Catan and, and thank you for producing such a wonderful game for the past 25 years. So, uh, another piece of news is that root digital is actually getting the clockwork expansion added, and that's going to drop this Wednesday. A lot of people who are fans of the digital version of Root are kind of confused by this decision because the game already has an AI system. The Clockwork expansion for the physical board game basically um, allows people to play solo or cooperatively 
by adding a deck-based AI where you flip a card and the bots do something based on that card. And so if the root digital already has this AI functionality, why does it need the clockwork expansion? Well, my answer to that is A, the digital AI sometimes just make some really funky decisions. And so it's nice to have a deck-based AI that is a little bit more predictable because you kind of know like, oh, if this card gets flipped, it's going to do this. If this one happens, it's going to do this. Um, And the other big reason is for cooperative play. Uh, Right now, there's no way to play cooperatively in the the digital board game and playing co-op. Anybody who's listened to this podcast knows I love co-op games. And so (laughs) being able to play Root, one of my favorite board games as a co-op on the digital version is going to be worth it. Moving on, uh, Cryptozoic announces a Kickstarter for the Dark Knight Returns board game, and that's going to be dropping 2021. Uh, Not a whole lot of info out there on it yet, but if you're a fan of the Dark Knight series, especially Dark Knight Returns, it looks pretty good. Cryptozoic has a really good track record for games. Their big ones are um, the Rick and Morty board games, which are a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah, so I think that that should be pretty good. But anyway, what 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 do we have on the video game news front, Matthew? Well, big news is uh, all the next gen consoles have been released. Uh, well, both of them, you know, the Xbox Series X, the PS5. And so with them, uh, a lot of big games have come out. You know, everyone's been waiting for the new Call of Duty, uh, Cold War, and Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which I've been looking at pretty closely. It looks a lot of fun from what I've seen online. Um, And also, Black Friday sales are going to be coming up soon, and some of them are already out. Um, I'm really excited for... Nintendo has been dropping prices on a lot of their big title games, which rarely ever happens. Um... That's why I'm probably going to be picking up a few of those, I bet. Yeah, aside from that, uh, no huge game news. You know, a few of these next-gen titles will be releasing early 2021, and so that's pretty much what we should look out for from now on for console releases. Next, we'll talk about some of the audience feedback that you guys had for us. We had a listener, Nathan M., suggest a topic this time uh, to talk about our favorite mobile asynchronous games. So what makes a good asynchronous game? Or in other words, what makes a game that is good to play where you have 24 hours to take your turn, right? So for for a lot of us, that's the only way to play a game. We don't have time to sit down and play a game for an hour or two. So to be able to take our turns and then let someone else take their turn at their own leisure is really important. What makes a good asynchronous game? Uh, For me, it's deep, meaningful, turn-based strategy. You want to be able to open your phone, look at the game state quickly, and have a very productive turn and feel satisfied at the end of your turn, right? Um, and, And then be able to put it away and then come back to it later and rinse and repeat. Basically, you don't want a game that has a lot of player interaction where you look at your phone, you do something really simple and unsatisfying, and then you have to wait for someone else to do something. Being a dad of two kids um, and and not having a whole lot of time on my hands, I've found a lot of really great asynchronous mobile games, uh, some of which being Polytopia is a really good 
game, a Civ builder, battler kind of game. Gem Rush, I've talked about on the podcast before, is really good. Um, and Gem Rush can be played competitively or cooperatively. And so that's a really fun aspect to it. I've never seen another game that has offered that before. Uh, Patchwork is a really fun game that you can play asynchronously, mobily. Um, and then Castles of Burgundy. Yeah, Matthew, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I personally have not played a lot of asynchronous games. But yeah, something like you've said that grabs me is like when it's simple, turn-based. Um, and obviously... I can get more into games that are a little more in depth, but, uh, honestly for me, it's not so much just time for me. It's like patience and my attention span. If I can't just hop on there and, you know, enter my turn with, you know, a little bit of deep thinking, but not like spending 15 minutes on what I'm going to do. I think that's what makes a game great is strategy that you can plan farther ahead but you don't need to spend super long taking your turn. Yeah, so thank you so much, Nathan M., for that topic. If you have any topics or games you'd like us to discuss, email us at virtuallyanalog at gmail.com. We got a five-star review from user Dan the Man on Apple Podcasts, and he says, This podcast is so easy to listen to and is genuinely interesting. They give great reviews of games you may or may not have heard of and bring some needed love to the gaming world. Definitely worth listening to if you enjoy either board or video games. So thank you, Dan the Man. We appreciate the five-star review. And yeah, well, this is just what we love talking about, sharing sharing news or games that not many people have heard of or deserve more love just in our small little way. So we appreciate your review. Yeah, we definitely do. Uh, if you're listening and you have not done so yet, please drop us a, a review on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it. It's the best way for people to discover the show organically. Uh, and if you feel so inclined, you know, do like Dan the Man did and say something that you like about the show. Uh, so yeah, so that's it. Uh, next week, we'll have a very special surprise episode. We're really excited to drop that one. Um, it's kind of still a little bit up in the air. We're, we're trying to work out the details, but we're really excited about it. If not next week, then definitely the week after. So um, either way, we'll have an episode, but it might just be a regular episode. But we're really hoping that for next week, we're going to have a special, special episode. Yeah, but tune in just in case. All of our info about our show, you can find on our website at virtuallyanalog.info. We stream um, games on there. We have a Discord, a Facebook, a Twitter account. All that you can find on our our um, on the website. You can easily share the show using that link. Once again, that's virtuallyanalog.info. Uh, if you want to watch us play games on Twitch, it's twitch.tv slash virtuallyanalog. Yeah, we don't pay any money for advertisement. So the best way for us to grow the show is organically by having you all share it via word of mouth. So if you could share the show on Twitter, on your Facebook, with any of your gaming friends, if you think they'd be interested, please, please share the show. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you guys next week. See you guys. Bye.